Dr. Payne Show is ready to go. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You have any issues with your person? Bring it on, because there's always some sort of, oh, jeez. Yes, sir. Well, I was listening to, uh, I guess, the tail end of Greg's show and and, yep. and talking about uh, training and the hard work that has to be put in. And mm-hmm. I, I was having a conversation earlier this, uh, this week with a colleague of mine um, who also works in pain management. And we were talking about um, how it, how we've become pretty good, like as practitioners, as clinicians, at identifying the people who will actually get better and the people right. who will never get better. And the biggest thing is looking for, you know, is, is the big the biggest thing that you find as a clinician and research really supports this as well is motivation to get better. Mm-hmm. If you are motivated and you're willing to do the things that you need to do, you will get better. It's the people that are looking for the path of least resistance, right? The the people who just want... The like, quick fixers? Yeah, exactly. And no different than what you guys just finished talking about, right? Like if you're just looking for the uh, some quick fix, some passive intervention, something that you could do one or two times and everything's going to be better, it's never going to happen. It's not going to happen. And and I see these people in my office all the time and I know, and, I, and it's not like I dis- dismiss them. I, I actually try to change... The way they think, I really take a lot of time to explain um, all of these things about you, you. You can't be that person if you're that person in one aspect of your life. You're likely like that in all aspects of your life, right? And that's sort of why you get there. So you, you can't assume that in life, and and you know, this show is about pain management and injury management. That the path of least resistance is the path that will actually get you better. It's not. It's it's just it doesn't work. And if you take that approach, then you're likely to, to succumb to your injuries to get worse and worse, for your chronic pain to become worse and worse, for it to become debilitating. And it's incredible how many people who are loved ones of these people understand that. Like, I've had a million people bring in, uh, you know, their spouses or their kids or something, and they know what I'm going to tell them. And as soon as I start telling them, they're sitting in the background, like, pointing, like, yeah, 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 yeah good job, yeah, like, yeah. thumbs up. up, like, keep yeah. telling them that. I've, I've been trying to tell them that. Mm-hmm. This is not this is not groundbreaking stuff. I think most people inherently understand that in all aspects of life, including pain and injury management, that it takes hard work. It takes dedication to get better from these things. But if you do the right things, then you can get better. And it, and in the conversation that I was having with my colleague, it was, it, it's very, you know, we, we sometimes become to some extent, picky with the p- patients that we also take on to see in the clinic, right? I, and and I and when I see a person that tells me, oh, nothing's going to help, and, you know, they, they want the path of least resistance, they don't believe anything will help them anymore, but yet they still sit there and say, okay, well, fine, I'll come see somebody for a few times and see how it goes. It's like, no, I don't want you to see that yeah, person. Because you've already got defeated yeah, attitude. If, if that is your approach, then yeah. I don't want you to see them because it's, it's bad for everybody involved. It's bad for you, right? You're going to come. You're not going to do better i can guarantee you that you're then going to just blame it on us right you're going to say oh that that clinic they didn't know what they were doing we didn't i didn't actually get better and then it's just it's negative for everyone even for a therapist working with somebody what we're really trying to do is get people better like that's what would drive any therapist sure uh in terms of wanting to do their job nobody wants to be working with somebody or, or a group of people that are not getting better um, and if you're defeated in that way, then there's no point in trying anything. And that's where my conversation about this becomes really changing the way you think about things and really look back, go look into a mirror, go sit there, reflect on the person that you've become, 
right? If you think that that is, if you are defeated and you believe nothing will help you, how can anybody ever offer you anything that will help you? Right. It just it just doesn't make sense. If you it, placebo is not just a positive, it's a negative, right? We call it a nocebo. Like when you believe that something will not help you, then it likely will not help you. It doesn't matter how great of an intervention it might be. It doesn't matter how great of a program we have. It doesn't matter how great of a facility we can provide for you to do these things. It just if that is your outlook, if you are looking for the path of least resistance, you are doomed and you're failing yourself. And, I, and I'm only saying this because you need to change the way you think. And people who think like this need to change that way of thinking if they want to get better, not just with their pain and injury, but probably in all aspects of their life. We're going to continue on that vein. You have uh, comments or questions how you get started. That's no problem. Give us a call here, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell, Dr. Payne Show, just getting warmed up. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. 1115, yeah, wide open lines. You have concerns about your health. We take the calls every weekend, bring them on. And for now, until a uh, major shift is happening, which is a good thing, it's info at paincarecanada.com. That's, right, yeah. that's, uh, that's changing. you got some big things on the horizon, brother. Soon enough. Yeah, it's man. been uh, a lot of work for sure, trying to transition everything to... To, to to a new brand and things like that, but that soon to come we'll we'll get there when 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 we're ready to get yeah, there. Uh, but I want to keep talking about this path of least resistance yeah. because it's just something. It, it's the biggest hindrance, I believe, to getting better. And and if you believe that the process should be, I, I you know, as I was driving in again, listening to what you guys were talking about, and I believe the gentleman's name was Daniel. Daniel yep. And he was talking about how people are always you just looking for the outcome, right? Like just what's the end? And 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 pain management is very much like that. It's like people just want the the last phase of it, where it's like, well, I want to be out of this pain. And and it's not that easy. If you have a chronic low back pain issue that's been plaguing you for fifteen years. To, to assume that that's going to happen over a period of a week, two weeks, no. three weeks, it is not going to happen. And and it's just, there's there's no other way to put it. It is a long-term dedication process, not of working with a team of professionals who understands the pathology and then gives you the tools to do the things you need to do every day at home uh, in your life by doing the right types of exercises, avoiding the wrong types of exercises, or avoiding the wrong types of movements, keeping proper posture, et cetera, et cetera. It's, 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 a, it's a big approach. And if you do it the right way, the outcomes will be good. Now, it's hard to say, I, I, I remember hearing like, Part of that conversation was enjoy the process. Obviously, when you're dealing with pain, it's hard to enjoy sure. the process. Yeah. But what is important is to enjoy the small milestones that will be achieved throughout. So when you're dealing with pain management, it's not like you're going to go from a day where it's here and the next day that it's not here. And the big thing about pain management and injury is oftentimes people think about this only in in terms of intensity. Like my my pain is a 10 or it's a 1. That's it. That's mm-hmm. that's they don't realize the frequency and the duration. And when you look at all three parameters of intensity, frequency and duration, you really start to gauge how much better you can get and it's and it's a much more objective way of looking at it because we see a lot of people who will say how are you feeling? Oh, it's still there. And it's like, well, what is still there? The pain is still there. But what do you mean the pain is still there? Is it still a five out of five? Yes, it's a five out of five. Okay. But you said before it was bothering you the whole day. It was eight hours from from the point you started working to the point you, you ended working. It was there. Are you still finding that? Oh, well, no. You know what? The mornings now are actually a lot better. It's not till about noon that I start to feel it. 
Oh. Okay, so there you go. There's an improvement. There's a parameter of improvement where things are getting better. Now, the the other thing that we really do is we focus on what are called the objective measures, where we can take uh, questionnaires that ask you specific types of questions about your pain, your injuries, and put it to an objective number, right, so that we can quantify it, so that we can show you improvements. Because, again, it is very, very hard when you're dealing with a subjective experience like pain uh, to really gauge the day-to-day improvements. But that is the process that I think you need to enjoy is the, is the small improvements where you can see, yeah, I am getting better. I'm, I'm starting to feel better. I'm starting to do more. I'm, and, you know, with this, with this type of stuff, it can be simple things like, you know, I wasn't able to hold my baby before, but now I'm, right. I'm able to hold them and play with them and the shoulder's not hurting so much, whatever the example is. But you, you really have to – the mindset around pain management and injury management – really needs to change in terms of that, that there needs to be this thing, like there's too much of a focus on, again, using this term again, the path of least resistance, right? Where it's just something you want something easy. I want it to be a pill or I want it to be an injection or I want it to be a massage or whatever it is. If it's something that someone else is doing to you and we're talking about a chronic issue, I don't care what the issue is. It's wrong. It's wrong. It doesn't mean it's not part of it, but if it's the only thing that you're doing, you're doing the wrong thing and you're never, ever going to get better. I, I think of something like injections, the amount of people that I that that I see that say, oh, yeah, I go for weekly injections. And, and you know, there's been this whole expose um, on the Toronto Star about a lot of the top billing physicians and things like that. Have a look at some of that. I encourage people without saying too much. A lot of these people are dealing in that pain industry and and using these injections. And based on research, there's very little evidence to support it. Not to mention, clinically, when I see these people, it's like, oh, I go for injections every week. Okay, how are you feeling? I'm not feeling better. Then why are you doing it? Right. What are you doing? Hopefully you'll get better. What are yeah, you, like yeah. what? What is it that you're trying to achieve then? Like what? What is the point of the injection? Oh well, it does feel good for the first few hours after that. Okay, but that that doesn't mean you know if if I rub your back if it hurts and I just put a little bit of cream on your back and rub it for two minutes, it's going to probably feel better for an hour then, after I do that. Right. But what about the long term, you know, succession that you're looking for? If it's not happening then why do, why do people continue to do the interventions that are not helping and it's just and it's a little bit confusing for me and the, and the right approach does exist and and we can deal with this the right way more of that discussions coming up feel free to add into it we'd love to uh, to get your opinion on this and your questions as well at 11:20 on your Saturday morning Dr. Payne show 416-870-6400 star 640 on yourself bring it on global news radio 1123, the Dr. Payne Show, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You know, we're talking about the uh, the quick fix, the path of least resistance. Everybody wants to get better but not put in the work to do it. I think about Cammie, my, my sister-in-law, mm-hmm. who's, uh, I mean, she's pretty solid. She's a good worker, but I, I didn't think she would just be as consistent as she is with the therapy. How long has it been? Seven, eight, nine months? It's been a while. It's been a while. Right? And really, I, I, it's funny because I think I talked to her two times. Yeah. And she's just doing it all herself. That's that's what I mean. That's that's how important this is. Like the best models of care around things like low back pain are when when the professionals like myself are really providing the knowledge to the patient for them to do the stuff that they need to do. And yeah, maybe in periods of exacerbation, like is it fair to say Cammy will never throw out her back again? No, but if she does, she has a place where she can get that acute phase passively mm-hmm. taken care of, right? So that that's that's one thing, and it's just. If you do those right things, and and it's incredible. Listen, I think most people that come see me, the vast, vast majority, come see me because they they really are motivated to to find like right. a way to help. Because they're, 
not many people are listening to a radio show and saying, okay, I'm going to go see that guy, but I don't really want to do anything. And most people that are coming in, it's like, no, I, I'm coming in because I've, I, I'm, I'm at the end of the line. This is taking over my life. It's ruining my life. And, and I'm, I'm, I've seen some stories. It's insane because again, pain is not this like, you know, sexy thing, like heart and stroke where like that kills you. Right. But right. pain is debilitating and over time does contribute to mortality. Like it will yeah. r- decrease the quality of your life substantially. And I've seen people that come in and say like, here's the life that I used to have. And they're saying all these beautiful things, great jobs, all these things. And then it's like, here's where I am now. My relationships are broken. I'm, I'm unemployed. Like, yeah. yeah like, awful. and it's like, you can't even believe you sit there and you're like, how is that? Even sometimes for me, and I deal with this all the time. I'm like, oh my God, like how does pain do that. Like it's crazy. But when it takes over your body and it's all that you're focused on, yeah. you yeah. just stop everything else. And, and it's hard for other people who, you know, the other thing about a lot of these chronic issues is when you look at these people from a purely physical perspective, they look perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Even me as a, as, a, as a clinician, when I see them and I say, okay, bend down, touch your toes, do these things, their function is perfect, but their pain is there. Right. And that doesn't mean their pain's not real. It is real, but it's, and, and I understand that, but it's very hard for other people who are ignorant towards pain management and the way pain works. It's such a complicated area of healthcare that say, oh, you know, my, you know, my wife or my daughter or my son or my father, whomever it might be, they're just faking they're it. They're faking it. They're faking it. They say they're in pain, but they're fine. They get up, they move around, they do everything they have to do. They're not faking it. It is not faking it. That's the way pain, chronic pain works. It is, it, it is an experience within the mind of physical stimuli. It, and, and, and it's so complicated, and we've gone through this a million times, but you know, it, it's, it's, it's just insane to see what pain can do to someone. Well, it's amazing. You're getting through because, you know, going back to Cammy, my sister-in-law, it's been so many months since she saw you and whatever you put in her head and showed her the exercises to do. I'll still, I'll still poke the berries. So, I, oh, Cancun was good. So you still doing your back exercise? Yeah. Yep. Every night. Good. Every night. Yeah. Does it religiously. Perfect. I'm like, amazing. How much you give back the money you owe me is directly <laughs> as that. Dave, how are you, pal? Good morning. Collections. I, uh, I just wanted to to mention and ask your opinion, Dr. Lou, about sure. uh, uh, I had an injury about probably 12 years ago in my hip. It was a labral tear. Okay. And I hear it's actually more and more common lately because people are doing yoga and martial arts, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. And um, I went to a hip uh, surgeon, a very prominent one in Toronto. Yep. Uh, he said that he would recommend shots first. Like, uh, I think it was some sort of steroidal or cortisol yep. shot. Okay. And I, they said they'd get back to me. I never heard from them. Right. So I kind of took that as a, uh, you know, I, I, anyway, long story short, I changed things up in my routine. I stopped doing all of the exercises I'd been doing, like jogging, martial arts, and yep. changed things up. It was hard to say goodbye to those things I loved, mm-hmm. but I changed things. And to this day, you know, 12, 13 years later, I'm still weak in my right hip. It's still degenerated more than it should be, but it's not popping in and out of place, and I didn't have to get surgery or shots. So right. I thought I would share that with you guys. Yeah, and, and, and that's, a, that's a very important thing that you bring up is, is modification. And, uh, and I was mentioning that I was meeting with a colleague, and, and we were talking about this too. Sometimes the reality is that, you know, you also need to modify the things that you do. Like I saw a patient this week 
um, who has very, very arthritic knees. And she was saying, every time I sit on the floor cross-legged, I just can't get up after. And I was like, well, listen, like, I'm not even going to tell you a therapy or something you should do, but here's what I'm going to tell you. Stop sitting on the floor cross-legged. Like, if there is no reason, like, what if you can't replace that with anything else? Then, then okay, maybe, but I, I cannot think of any scenario where you can't, you know, do something different. Just stop sitting on the floor, and 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 you're and you're right about that, Dave. Like sometimes it's also about knowing the reality of your body and changing. This goes again back to what you guys were talking about in the last show, which is form, right? Like this is part of your form. Maybe you have to tailor your exercises. It's no different than people who has very arthritic knees and are trying to walk for their exercise. And I'm telling them, no, no more walking. You're cycling. There's always a way to modify. But right. you're absolutely right, Dave, and I appreciate the call. Dave, thank you, and you as well. Plenty of time for you to reach out. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. We'd love to hear from you. Dr. Payne Show, Global News Radio. It is 1132, Dr. Payne Show, 1-855-55-DRLOU to reach out, info at paincarecanada.com. There's uh, some new huge things on the horizon, which we will uh, fill you in on as they as they happen come down here in relation with your clinics. So. Yep. All good stuff. All yes, good sir. Stuff. Uh, another thing that I that I want to talk about, and I and I got an email about this just now, is a lot of times people will ask me about, you know, I, I went to go see somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. And this is through an email or, or or like a quick voicemail. You know, I went to go see this other clinic or this other professional. Here's what they recommended. What do you think? I'm not answering it. Yeah. Like I just, it's so it's it's such a loaded way. Number one, as a professional, I'm not supposed to comment. It's unprofessional. It's unprofessional. Right. Correct. Like I, you know, if and the biggest thing that I tell people in in this scenario is, this is where it's your job as a consumer of whatever that person is potentially offering. Mm-hmm. Does it resonate with you? Is everything making sense? Were there any red flags that you thought, well, hang on a sec. Yeah, due diligence. Yes, exactly. It's yeah. your due diligence. But I, you can't you can't possibly ask me to make the choice for you, right? Like, I, I yep. it's just unrealistic. It's unprofessional. I don't know. And there's also the, the thing about people will think they know what they heard. Yeah. And they're relaying what they believe it's they heard. It's a broken telephone. And factor, it's a broken right? telephone. Yeah. And I and and maybe what the professional said is not actually what yeah. they're relaying. So I'm not going to comment on it. I and I won't comment on it. Whether you call me, you send me an email, you're in my office, and you say, "Well, I get it all the time." Well, why did this other person tell me that? Don't know. Ask them. Yeah. I could tell you why I'm recommending yeah. something, why I believe you should do something, why I believe you should do something else. If you want to know what what I would do for that issue, I will give you my opinion. You can come in and see me for an assessment. But don't ask me about why another professional does what they wanted to do or what they or what their recommendation was, what what they're thinking behind is it. There is no human way for me to possibly know what went on in someone else's head. Um and it's your and it's your job as a consumer of healthcare to no, the one thing about healthcare is healthcare from a legal perspective operates under the premise of uh, buy or have faith, okay. right? Whereas in everything else, pretty much like if you go buy from a legal perspective, you go buy a pair of shoes or whatever. It's always buy or beware. It's your job as a consumer to do your due diligence. The belief in healthcare is that the, is that the healthcare professional always has the best interest of the patient in their mind. They're not trying to be malicious in any way. So it is buy or have faith. So you should have faith in the things that you're saying. Having said that, there's a lot of bad people out there, right? So so do your due diligence. Look for any red flags. We've gone through this before. You know, 
I'm I'm always wary of uh, like you know there's one fix for everything. Like if someone is telling you this is the one thing that cures this 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 and this, Turn then around. it's probably not true. Because if it was, then we'd all be doing it. Everything would be cured. Right. It just doesn't. Does it maybe work for some people for some things? Yes, that's why I'm a big fan of the multidisciplinary approach, where there's a team of people, various therapies that might be involved. That that is really what I believe is the right way. So if it's if it's one specific tool that is being sold as the answer maybe for a specific issue yeah but but if they're saying that this tool is what fixes everything you could potentially have i i would be concerned of that um I'd also be concerned of any fraudulent practices, right? Like there's a lot of places out there that want to bill one service but provide you with another service. And I want people to understand something about that. That's not just fraud on on the clinic or the professional's behalf. If you know it's happening, you're also committing fraud, right? right? And, and, and you're committing fraud to an insurance company. I mean, I would not recommend that. It's just not my recommendation. You know what I mean? And so these are the things that you need to, to look out for. And, and I think... At the end of the day, it just sort of like, it, it really comes down to that that gut feeling, right? Like if you're sitting with someone, you're sitting, and it all makes sense, you don't have any weird feelings about the interaction, then then it's probably the right thing or, 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 or at least something worthwhile trying. But if you've got a bit of reservations and something's not making sense, well, then do your research. Go on Google, start typing things in, see what you can find out about the clinic, et cetera, et cetera. And it's funny you mention that because I was just about to ask, as far as people researching and do a little uh, looking on their own before or during the time they spend with you, what do you think about how, searching stuff on Google? I mean, because there's algorithms that'll favor what you search, and then there's you know Dr. Google, which is... It cannot term, be a bad place to be. It in can, terms of what dangerous. the diagnosis, like here are my symptoms and... Yeah, self-diagnosing and yeah. maybe doing more so research. I think, and, and I think this is sort of my viewpoint on everything in life. I'm, I always say moderation on everything. So do I believe that it's, you know, I think back of 30 years ago where you went to a doctor and you just listened to everything that well, like yeah. they said and it was gospel and you didn't know anything and you just accepted it. I don't think that's the right approach. I also don't think that the person who spends all of their time on Google thinking that they're now a physician and you get these people, they come in, they're like, here's what's wrong with me. I know because I read this, I talked to this person. Like, those are the two extremes. I don't think that should be the case. I, I don't agree with either of those two extremes. What I do agree with is we do have a great resource. You can be knowledgeable on what you're you're going through. You can try to be knowledgeable on the anatomy, the physiology of those areas, but leave it up to the healthcare professional to make the final diagnosis, right? Like a lot of people will will say, yeah, I was told by, you know, my family doctor that it's tendonitis, but then I did my own research and I believe it's actually this. And it's like, well, your own research doesn't add up to you know, 20 years of school, right? right. Like it does. So, so there has to be some faith there. So that's what I'm saying. I think it's a good thing. I think Google and, and, and the web is a good thing in terms of us having a base knowledge base, right? It's no different than nowadays. Like I, I know Greg always talks about it. Most consumers are aware of what they're getting into. Once right. upon a time when you wanted a car and you wanted to know what the specs of it, your sales you, guy, you had to go in and you had to, yeah. you had to figure it out. Now at the very least you can go in knowing the specs, knowing the comparison to other things, et cetera, et cetera. And I think to that extent that that is, that is the right way to do it. We do have a lot of knowledge at our fingertips, and I think being exposed to some of that knowledge is good, but also knowing the line where, you know, there's that saying a little knowledge is a dangerous thing, right? Where yeah. you start to think then that you have enough knowledge that you know everything about this thing. You don't, right? The healthcare doesn't work that way. This is very, very complicated. And also, I mean, 
the web and Google, it's also designed to sell ads and things like that. Right. So, you know, the things that are worst are going to sell the most ads, right? Because they're, they're scariest, that it, it intrigues us, it scares us. So those are the things. So don't become a hypochondriac because of that. And you, and you got to watch, you know, Google Med School, because yeah. if you search long enough, everything ends up terminal cancer. It oh, doesn't yeah, matter yeah. if it's a hangnail or internal yeah, bleeding. It's, everything's a terminal <laughs> disease. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. So be careful. Yeah, right? you can definitely catastrophize everything. <laughs> That's right. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. you still got some time. you got pain concerns, your own health concerns. Bring them on. Let's talk about it. Dr. Payne Show, Global News Radio. It is 1144, yeah, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale to ask your questions. Would love to talk to you. Susan, thanks for uh, for hanging on. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Excellent. What's going on with you? Well, apparently I have a blackening and a blockage in my bile duct. And I wanted to know if Dr. Liu knew what um, that means, what what's the procedure to fix it. Yeah, no, that that's definitely not not my scope, my specialty. I'm dealing mainly with uh, musculoskeletal issues, so aches and pains related to muscles, joints, and nerves. So I'm not um, the the right person to to comment on that. I, who, I, you know, whoever has diagnosed you with that obviously has recommended something. I w- I would just go back and speak with them. Okay, now can I ask one more question? Sure, sure. I I also have, and I don't know if this has got to do with nerves or whatever, but. I also have um, thinning in my arteries in my legs. They're swelling all the time in my feet. Okay. Now, my mother also, I just had to have a, an ultrasound for aneurysms because the surgeons told my mom to tell her kids to have this done. There's five of us. I'm the one that's done it because I have had the last two years of heck of okay. being Yep. Coma for nine months, hospital for 40 days, paralyzed, like the whole bit. And now they tell me, I don't know about the aneurysm for the upper body, just that he, that it was a doctor who did the ultrasound, and he said my, my veins in my legs are, are um, very calcified and very thin. Same okay. as my mom. All right. So what, what happens with, do you know what happens with that? Like, what do I have to do? Well, again, what I, I my assumption is that when they told you that this is what you had going on, they probably also gave you recommendations. No, that was only the doctor who did the ultrasound. I haven't seen uh, the, the a vascular doctor. surgeon. No, no. Do you I have an appointment with them? Not yet, because this just happened on Thursday. Right. So the, they're going to set you up with a vascular surgeon who will give you the recommendations on what you need to do for those things. And I would encourage you to go to that appointment and hear what they have to say. I, again, I can't comment on that because I don't know the findings. I don't know, you know, all the things that I'm just basing it off what you're telling me. Yeah. And, and is it related to the the bio duct at all? Not sure. Again, not you, sure. Not sure. Okay. Yeah. I don't know enough to about your history and all those things right. to, to comment on that. I can't, I can't comment. I'm sorry. Susan, appreciate the call. Uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Paul, good morning. Yes, good morning, guys. I appreciate your time. No worries. What's up? I've had a left knee and a right hip replacement almost 13, 14 years ago. Um, over time, I've reduced all my physical activity, and uh, I'm finding that uh, over time I would get extreme nodding in my hamstrings in the evening time sometimes put me into tears and last uh, you know vary from a minute to, to five or ten minutes 
and uh, I'm just, over time, they seem to be coming on more and more, and I'm just wondering what I can do to, to try to avoid them, aside from limiting my physical activity, and is there anything I can do when it when the attack hits and I'm in tears and I just can't bear the pain? And I, so have you done any therapy, Paul, after your hip replacements and knee replacements? Uh, years ago, I, I, I just do a little bit of exercise. Yeah. But, uh, so I, I would, again, it's a mechanical issue. I would encourage you. So the thing about therapy is therapy is not something that, you know, starts and stops. There, there might be periods of big rest in between. So maybe you don't need to do it as often. But definitely, I think getting therapy on those types of musculoskeletal issues is the best first layer of intervention. The other thing to consider here is the average for knee and hip replacements uh, is about 15 years. And you had these done 13 years ago so there's also the potential that the mechanical part is towards the end of its life um and and maybe that's a possibility which you need to get reassessed uh with the surgeon okay thank you is there anything i could take i used to you know like potassium or magnesium and a chew a magnesium tablet and it would seem to alleviate the the onset of the immediate knot is there any suggestion of anything when when the pain hits and i'm uh, to try to to try to take a minute or two to, to alleviate the muscle cramp in the knot? Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, a lot of cramping is due to magnesium, potassium deficiencies. But I mean, if you have a well enough balanced diet, it's very unlikely to have those those types of deficiencies. It, to me, it sounds, again, mechanical due to the structure of everything going on. I think the biggest preventative measure is getting therapy and reducing the likelihood of those things happening. Like, again, the this, this idea of the path of least resistance. It is easier to take a magnesium right. pill than to get therapy, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's the best approach. And then, you know, being shown the right things that you need to do from a physical perspective every day to maintain the health of those muscles. I think that's the proper way to go about it. Thank you for no problem. Time. Paul, appreciate that uh, that phone call. We'll take a short break here. More phone call. Oh, you still got some time. Yeah, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Dr. Payne Show, Global News Radio. Still got a few minutes. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell to get through. Path of leaf resistance. Don't take it. Work at it. You, well, we're just talking about even like, you know, the natural supplements and, and not, not that natural supplements are not good, but, right. you know, there's a there's a big reason why people want these things. They're overall sometimes very, very inexpensive. Mm-hmm. There's no side effects to them, right? right. Or very little. Yeah. So, again, we're talking about the people want to hear like, you know, that this herb is the thing that will cure my knee arthritis or whatever. And and it's not. It's just not, right? Like, doesn't maybe these things, I often say when it comes to the natural products, these things are good if you're taking them throughout your life in terms of prevention. So every time I see somebody with arthritic knees, and here's a good example, and they tell me like, you know, I heard glucosamine. Should I be taking glucosamine? I say, no, your kid should, because clearly right. there's a genetic component here. Right. And, you know, their knees are going to probably deteriorate too. And so if you can do something to slow down that progression, that would be great. But when your knee is bone on bone, what are you trying to achieve? Like it's not, it's not going to regenerate cartilage or do anything. So that's something that if you do those things long term over your life, that's good practice. Right. Uh, but you know, a lot of people are hoping. Well, I thought I, you know, maybe I could just take a course of glucosamine for three weeks, and my severe years later, and my severe yeah. knee osteoarthritis will yeah. just disappear. That's not the way this works. These natural supplements are very much 
made for overall wellness and prevention and just slowing down the progression of these types of things. But when you get to the end stages of these types of things, this is where you, you need the hard stuff, where the surgeries, the medications uh, are potentially the, the solutions and the exercises and, and doing the right things. But, yeah, the, I mean, the topic has definitely been, you know, the, my colleague said, said that. He said they always want the path of least resistance. Yeah. And, and just that term, like, it's like, yeah, it's like the perfect way to describe it. People are always looking for what's the easiest way to Quick achieve fix. something, right? And, and that's not it's, – it's like anything. It's like people that you meet, they want to be millionaires, but they don't want to leave their house, right? Like they, they want to, they they, yeah. they 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 don't want to work for it. They don't yeah. want to achieve anything. They'd like to just wake up whenever they want to wake up, do whatever they want to do, and it's like, well, pull the arm of that slot yeah. machine and hope it comes through. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so how how do you think it's going to happen? If if that is yeah. your personality in one aspect of life, I was saying, and this is, I'm not trying to be stereotypical with this, and I sort of have to be careful how I say this, but I was saying to. Uh, my colleague, I was saying like, I can almost paint you the picture of the chronic pain person because I've seen so many and there's so many similarities, right? Like they have all of these similar characteristics throughout all aspects of their life. Right. And, and, and it's just, it's like they do it to themselves to some extent. Now I'm not saying everybody with chronic pain is that, yep. right? Like I, I, I want to make that clear. And, and I'm not saying that chronic pain is not real or that it, you know, all of these things, I'm just saying, when you're defeating yourself and you're looking for a quick fix or you believe there's nothing that can help you, you're absolutely right. You will never be better and there's nothing that can help you. If that is your ideology, then forget it. But if you're willing to change the way you think about this, if you're willing to change your ideology, have a paradigm shift, then you can get better. And there's a lot of stuff at our too. And these are not groundbreaking things. Like I don't have any magical tool, any magical pill in any place that's selling you that. To some extent, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's BS. Like the reality about this thing is it's hard, it's hard work, it's exercise, it's movement, it's avoiding the wrong things, it's good posture, it's right nutrition. Like none of it is rocket science. Well, it took you decades to get it wrong. So why yeah. wouldn't you take more time to get it right? Yeah, it's it's not rocket science. It's not like, you know, this is stuff that nobody else in the world knows. Like right. I am not the only person that knows this stuff. I can promise you that. I think I'm just one of the only few people that's w- willing to tell the truth about this. A lot of my 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 friends, my professional friends and colleagues are very reserved about being honest about this. They don't want to tell people like, hey, you're just looking for the quick fix and you're not going to get better. I think the difference with me is I'm willing to to sort of cross that boundary and call people on their Peel BS. The scab off yeah, and, say, Here. and yeah. just say, hey, I'm sorry, but like you're not helping yourself and, and your way of thinking is is sort of the problem to some extent. So, you know, if, if you're willing to change the way you think or if you know someone that you know th- you think needs to change the way they think, I'm happy to have that conversation. I'm happy to have the assessments with them um, and try to f- help people because you can find help. I'm not doing this because, you know, I just want to tell people that, mm. you know, they're full of it. I'm doing it so that in the hope that they will change and in, in changing, they'll get better. And I've seen it thousands of times now because people want to change and people are willing. Like people sometimes get to the point where they just say, you know what? You're right. Enough is enough. I'm going to change. And they change. And we see that in all aspects of life, right? The person who's overweight their whole life. And finally, you know, they've tried all those quick fixes and finally says, no, no, this, it just comes down. It's going to be a grind. I got to do it. Yeah, exactly. You want to reach out now that we're done till, uh, till next week, one eight five 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 doctor Lou D R L O U. I implore you call that number and keep it info at pain care Canada. We're done for this week. Till next time, Dr. Pancho, Global News Radio.